Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Well, thank you very much, and welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Carol is known across this country for her work in gerontology, also serves as the executive director for the WellMed Charitable Foundation, and for the last couple of programs, she has been on special assignment literally all over the country, and delighted to have you back. And uh, you wanted me to ask you about uh, what you were doing in Washington, D.C. at the Raise Committee. Well... I had the privilege of being appointed to the Caregiver Advisory Council for President Trump under Health and Human Services that is tasked with implementing the RAISE Act, which the RAISE Act stands for Recognize, Assist, Include, Support, and Engage Caregivers. And so this is um, it's a three-year appointment to talk about what do caregivers need, uh, what's the policies that we need to support them, how um, are we inclusive? It was a very diverse group of caregivers, uh, ch- uh, some parents with children with developmental disabilities. We had some folks th- themselves who had disabilities, uh, caregivers of older persons, all of the federal programs and I'm talking all of the federal programs uh, and they all presented it was a lot of information that if they would just get that information out that would be a huge step in the right direction because nobody knows well I, we were astounded um, from literally from 8:30 in the morning until after lunch we were learning about each of the federal agencies and programs they have for caregivers and these are programs you wouldn't even think about the FDA you know, maybe having a program related yeah, Food and to Drug Administration. Right. So it, it was fascinating. It's an honor to, to serve with these folks. Um, and hopefully uh, you, you, everyone listening, will be hearing more about the work of this committee and recommendations that come out will move us forward. Were there folks that you had worked with in the past from Area Agencies on Aging? There was one uh, Area Agency on Aging director. I did not know her previously, but she is the chair of the National Association of Area Agencies on Aging. And she um, is from Maui, Hawaii. Wow. So that's a bad time change, though, when you have to come to D.C. and do early morning meetings and you're you're from Hawaii. Right, middle of the night. Yeah, it's like going to the other side of the world. Wow. Well, one thing that you all had in common was having sat in a chair from 8 till 8 at night a lot of pain some who were there probably were struggling with chronic pain and that's a segue into what we're going to be talking about here on Caregiver SOS On Air we know that there are 50 million people across this country with chronic pain Center for Disease Control estimate and here in Bear County we're fortunate because under the direction of Susan Blackwood who is in our studio with us a well-known local activist in sports and in a variety of other activities and also from uh, the new organization uh, dealing with global pain is uh, a therapist Selena Shelton is here she's an LPC and a registered and certified art therapist they know a lot about pain so why don't we turn to Susan and tell us first why did you start the Global Pain Association Ron thank you for asking we started this not-for-profit last year 
in seeing the need that chronic pain patients and their caregivers had in this community and in the region for finding alternative ways to manage their pain. And so we started this organization to be a resource throughout the community for finding these opportunities and activities that people could participate in along with their caregivers who are many times responsible for getting them to these activities and making sure that these activities are available to them. And we want it to be accessible and affordable because we know that chronic pain patients and their families and caregivers, you know, have lots of challenges financially, uh, mentally with depression, loneliness, that sort of thing. So we um, are starting our first seminars. We are hoping that this will be an extraordinarily opportunity for us to uh, wage a war against helping uh, chronic pain patients find these alternative methods. Now you know a little bit about chronic pain. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Without blowing secrets, I mean you struggle with pain as has your husband. Right. And you know 80% of our population will experience chronic pain. It's defined as having pain for over three months. And so all of us will have uh, issues as we get older. And yes, we've, we've had our challenges. And, you know, the Blackwoods, we, we see the opportunities that we've had, and we want to make those available to other people sure. in the community. Well, we're delighted to have in our studio as well, Selena Shelton, who, as I said, is a LPC, a licensed professional counselor and an art therapist. It's great to see you, Selena. Good to see you. Thank you for having me, Ron. And, and you, too, have spoken publicly about chronic pain you've struggled with. Absolutely. Autoimmune deficiency that, that has just been really tough. It was. I was diagnosed with Sjogren's in 2006, and it you know, definitely played a big struggle for myself, but not just myself. At the time, my children were young. They were seven and four. So it, it impacts the whole family. Yeah. And that's connected to rheumatoid arthritis, which everyone knows right. is painful. Mm -hmm. So talk to me as a therapist mm -hmm. uh, about folks who have chronic pain. Mm -hmm. uh, we know the numbers that some get hooked on uh, opioids and, and other narcotics, uh, but you don't have to take a narcotic to fight chronic pain, do you? No, absolutely not. <clears throat> Excuse me. And in fact, you know, medication isn't the way to go always because chronic pain doesn't respond to medication the way acute pain does. Your body will adapt and you will eventually need more or stronger medications. So the alternative therapies, and there are so many, and I'm so glad to be part of Global Pain who is here to help people learn about them. Different things like yoga, acupuncture, meditation, relaxation, counseling, art therapy. These are all great avenues for a person to, one, bring their emotional stability back up, you know, get out of the isolation and depression, and then to reconnect with life and find a new way to recreate life around pain. Now, if you just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zernio. We're talking about the new Global Pain Association, sharing with you what every caregiver should know about how to combat and deal with not only chronic pain, but other difficulties that they face in their lives. With us in our studio is Susan Blackwood, the executive director and really founder of the Global Pain Association, and Selena Shelton, who is on the board there as well. Susan, for folks who want to get help with chronic pain, and Carol, uh, as you know, so many people who are caregivers themselves struggle with chronic pain. Well, you know, I think that the latter statement, you know, you've really hit it because we have so many people who have the pain and then the caregivers have their own um, chronic pain, which may even have been caused by the 
caregiving, whether it is stress-related, whether it is physical exhaustion. But one of the things with our caregiver specialists we talk a lot about is not underestimating the impact of pain on someone's life, the fatigue that it causes, uh, the emotional distress, particularly like somebody with Alzheimer's disease who can't communicate that they have pain, you know, they're going to act out. You're going to see problem behaviors. And so whether it's someone who is cognitively intact and in pain, it impacts so much of the caregiving experience. Now, how can the Global Pain Association help? Well, Ron, uh, both you and Carol have brought up some, you know, really challenges that we have. Our demographics for people with chronic pain range all across the board. And so we've looked at partners that we can have in the community, the YMCA, the um, uh, ACOG folks that have so many services that they can offer to find out how we can make sure that these uh, events, these activities, these programs can get out to the people that so so desperately need them and so rightfully deserve to be a part of the, the program and participate in these activities. So we, um, we've created a website. We're building content on the website so that people can see it as a resource. Where do I get supplements? What are things from a nutritional standpoint that really work in terms of decreasing the amount of pain or inflammation that a person might have? So we're, we've just started on this uh, journey We've got some very caring people, all volunteers on our board, some of the pain management doctors, some of the pain patients themselves who are giving us advice. And as we, you know, again, start this journey, we need help from the community to find out, first of all, what do people need? What resources can we help provide? And then where can we find these other partners that will make these programs accessible and affordable? Well, I'm curious. There's you know, been so much in the media with the opioid crisis. And I was at a dinner um, at a large conference with a pain management doctor, and it felt like everyone in the room was ready to attack this poor man who was not advocating for opioids by any means. Um, certainly that's one of the tools in his toolbox. And, I, and I'm wondering, it, it, for the folks that are on your board and just the pain management industry in general, do, you, do they feel under attack, at, you know, at a lo- even at a local level here? Is there- uh, there's certainly a lot of stress related to um, taking care of these patients and their caregivers. And yes, we're observing that, and it's you've, you've hit the nail on the head. There are so many people that have been involved in the care and treatment of patients that we all feel a, a debt um, in terms of trying to make a difference. Well, one pain uh, uh, physician that I know and have talked with uh, said to me that all of the focus on the opioid crisis, and there is a problem, takes away from, well, how do we help people with chronic pain? They get lost in the shuffle. And one of the ways is a lot of the work that uh, is being done by Selena Shelton, and that is talk therapy combined with appropriate alternative medical uh, techniques, right? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I teach my my clients is that our doctors are here to help us. We don't want to make them adversaries. So I teach my clients how to have a collaborative conversation with them. You know, if the doctor makes a prescription that my client doesn't want to take, how do we have that conversation and engage the doctor to explore other alternatives? What do you tell them to say? Well, we ask them to, okay, you know, express their concerns. If the doctor offers a prescription in this, well, I'm concerned about this, and then offer it back to the doctor. What do you think? You know, open it up. The doctor is the treatment provider, but the patient's the one 
doing was the being tre- treated. Exactly, doing the treatment. Exactly. I so appreciate about what Selena and her group uh, do, um, both professionally and now helping with chronic uh, the Chronic Pain Association, is that they 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 have support groups and the support groups include the person with chronic pain and their family members and so they have separate support groups to work with both um, of the groups to make sure that they're they've got a coordinated effort in terms of going forward with managing the situation now we're going to talk more about this in in just a moment and i want to get to some of the alternative treatments including mindfulness and emdr what emdr we'll talk about that and more i'm ron aaron along with carol zerniel this is caregiver sos on air We're excited to bring you the all-new WellMed Radio. Our goal is to help make listeners healthier by focusing on health and wellness for adults everywhere. The new WellMed Radio features Dr. Joshua Beck, an outstanding family physician and attorney and veteran broadcaster, Ron Aaron. Ooh, that's me. Each week, we will focus on health prevention and wellness that's critical to the quality of life. The all-new WellMed Radio. And remember... WellMed Radio, Saturday at 7 a.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and Sunday at 12 on Freedom, 1160 KRDY. We're so pleased you are with us here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and it's great to see her again. She's been doing some important work. Uh, with a national organization dealing with the whole aspect of caregiving. And for those who may have just joined us, the RAISE committee that you now are are a member of, uh, a three-year appointment from the White House, uh, what's the end result that you all are looking for? Well, the end result really is systems change. It is to absolutely take caregiving down to the foundation and build it back up um, as something that is threaded throughout work life, uh, health care, personal choice and challenges so that we have a very holistic approach. I remember I want to go back to a few years ago when you were applying for a grant uh, and the organization came back to you and said, well, some of the funds you're looking for are for caregivers to do stuff doctors do, not caregivers. Well, it was for nurses. They would say, you know, this this is what nurses do. You, You know, you wouldn't caregivers wouldn't do this. And we were dumbfounded because that's exactly what family members are doing, whether it's wound care, medication management, pain management. You know, the the caregiver has about 20 different jobs from show for to you know almost i'm not gonna say physician assistant but certainly uh, med tech <laughs> and most of them came to that overnight and crisis in the uh, and with, er and with some with many 40 percent no training wow yeah so that's, that's why that's why it's important to have um, shows like this where people can go and at least get information we're talking about the global pain association a new organization nonprofit in town the executive director and driving force behind it is susan blackwood and therapist uh, selena shelton is with us she's a licensed professional counselor and we were talking a moment ago about alternative treatments and i noticed in your bio that uh, you're certified to do among other things emdr when i ran the rape crisis center several years ago I became very familiar with that technique because it helps uh, survivors of rape overcome the enormous emotional trauma. How do you use it with chronic pain sufferers? Thank you. I actually use it in two different ways with chronic pain sufferers. One thing that chronic pain causes is a very hyperactive nervous system that actually causes inflammation and makes the pain worse. I can use EMDR to help the client 
come to a relaxed state that lowers that intensity. And I've had clients tell me it has a pharmaceutical effect. So. Now, for those who don't know, EMDR eye movement desensitization response does what? Mm-hmm. It's based on the theory that the brain can kind of heal itself. Reprogram. It, exactly, exactly. And it the eye movement is a left to right movement. There's this theory that crossing the midline down the center of the brain helps the brain to reprocess information. So we move the patient's eye from left to right and back and forth over a short set. Um, so we would focus on the pain and then do the what's called bilateral stimulation, the left to right movement, and then come back to the pain, check on it, how's it doing, go back, do the stimulation. And from this, I've had people, like I said, they've gone from a seven, a pain level of seven down to a pain level of two within my office in about 20 minutes. The results can be amazing. Absolutely. But you have to be trained to do it. Absolutely. EMDR has to be offered by a a person who's undergone about 40 hours of training in EMDR. Well, I was just going to ask about, you know, this is a personal experience with friends Mm -hmm. of mine. Uh, One of my best friends, her father had uh, terrible diabetes Mm -hmm. and the pain, you know, related to it became so overwhelming. He went from being a scout master and hiking in the mountains within a year to being in a wheelchair. Wow. Um, And he was completely, you know, dysfunctional. Um, he worked with a pain management specialist who taught him, you know, to think about taking the pain, you know, feel it, take it, and just get, you know, like throw it away from the from his body, just to like throw it away. Um, and then within the next year, he was back hiking in the mountains again. And it wasn't pain medication. It was all mind over matter. It was mind over the pain. So what would a technique like that, what would you call that? We call it a container technique. That's actually something we do. It's got a name. Yeah, yeah I thought it's got it a might. name. <laughs> it's a container technique. You find the problem in your body and put it in a container or push it away. Our capacity for imagination is incredible, and it definitely has a really big role in how we can overcome our pain. Now, close to that is something called biofeedback, which mm-hmm. uh, some pain uh, physicians, especially those who specialize mm-hmm. in headaches, teach. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I've done with my clients. I've focused on the EMDR and the mm-hmm. art therapy, but I do have clients who do, ha- uh, excuse me, do biofeedback with other clinicians and doctors, and they have really great responses wow. as well. So, a- as we talk about the Global Pain Association, other than carrying a gun and a mask in the trunk of your car, how do you fund it? <laughs> Good question, Ron, because we've had some really generous donors, private donors, that um, have certainly stepped up because they've seen the need and have, you know, had some experience in their own family and know what we can be able to do given the resources that we need. Um, We have seminars. We have one coming up this Saturday that are funded by some of the vendors that work with the pain management doctors and want patients and their caregivers to know about what they have to offer and what they do in working with the pain management and other doctors. Um, But now that we have some results and we have people that are members of our organization and are using our resources, we'll be trying to seek grants and other opportunities to look at foundations that could help support. You're not paying salaries. We're all free. Yeah, exactly. I want people to understand that. I bet that's painful. (laughs) Oh, very good. See, we missed you. Nice to have you back. That's cool. (laughs) But, you know, Carol, I retired from a really incredible job running our sports commissions in San Antonio. She was a sports. A lot of not-for-profit experience. And um, my mother was addicted to pain meds for 40 years. I was in denial. I lived here. She lived in Omaha. And even though I visited once a month, um, I, I just didn't do my part. 
and I kidnapped her, brought her to San Antonio, and she was here with me for a while. But I really see the passion um, that people that we're working with and that are on our board, including myself, have for encountering this kind of situation and helping people with the resources that we hope to have. Well, and I, you know, I asked earlier about um, this industry sort of feeling under attack, but it is specifically because we we do have an opioid crisis because the pain management piece has not been done well in the healthcare system, uh, and so you know for other people to discover particularly the caregivers to discover that there there are other techniques um, is so important uh, because you do feel like it, it must be a pill so uh, most people probably believe that the only way to manage pain is got to be some sort of pill give me a pill yeah it's 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 aspirin it's ibuprofen it's going all the hydrocodone. way up. Yeah, hydrocodone you know something that's going to make me walk into the walls is Usually what I think of is, you know, pain pills. <laughs> so, Selena, someone who comes to you with chronic pain, uh, I, I know every case is different, but, but are we talking about years of therapy or is this something that can be dealt with over a shorter period of time? I don't think years of therapy is necessary. It's not usually something that chronic pain is not going to cause that for you. I think just the first few sessions of being seen and heard and understood can be so powerful in creating that shift inside that helps you to go okay maybe now i can do this and begin the process of creating a new life now are there many like you in uh, counseling who specialize Mm -hmm. in chronic pain in san antonio there are there are a few and if folks want to call you what number do they call they can reach hopewise at 210-617-3185 617-3185 and there's no charge to give you a call talk on the phone no absolutely not consultations are free you know, I can uh, remember Carol talking about no one was listening. They had no idea. Uh, when we've uh, interviewed some of the caregiver SOS uh, folks from your program who have said whenever they say to somebody who's a caregiver, how are you feeling, the tears come. Because nobody ever asks that question. Right. And so, you know, how do, how do we know what, what's going on mentally with the caregivers? And how do we know, you know, if they're also in pain? Um, I was astounded by a recent webinar with the head of all of United Health Group, which is one of the largest, you know, healthcare organizations in the country. And the very first story, this was, you know, it was a, a message to the staff, was a caregiving story. And United Health was saying, you know, for all of the physicians who work in all the networks and, you know, providing the care for the insurance coverage that we provide, there are two people in front of you. Ask that caregiver, and how are you doing, you know, and hear that story as well. So that's how we know that things are shifting. That's how we know things are changing. And hopefully pain management which is so key, as we mentioned, to to caregiving and to any kind of chronic illness, which most of our caregivers are dealing with. Hopefully, it's going to change as well. Susan, that that was a, a you know a powerful statement about your mom and you not knowing uh, that she'd been addicted to pain meds. How did you discover it? Well, I'm not saying that I didn't know. I think I was in denial about how serious the situation was, and as she aged, you know, I made kind of some excuses. I justified it in different ways. I mean, she had a lot of health issues. and um, Now, you were here and she was in Nebraska. Right. But since I wasn't there for physician appointments and there to ask questions that needed to be asked, that sort of thing, I, I think I was just 
overwhelmed when I finally discovered that that was what had been taking place and I needed to get her out of that environment. So I can set you up with an appointment with Selena <laughs> to talk about the guilt. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting because our uh, registrations for our first seminar, half of the people were um, patients and half the people were caregivers. And we have people that are signing up that are caregivers um, without some sort of association with somebody else that's coming to the event. So I think they are seeing the organization as another resource for them as caregivers. And for folks who want to learn more about the Global Pain Association, how do they do that? Well, we'd love for them to go to our website, www.globalpain.org, and uh, they can find the programs that we are partnering with under our events. Uh, they can see other resources that we've built in terms of our content. Um, they can write us, they can ask us questions, and so hopefully we'll be able to continue to grow that website as a resource and offer other seminars and programs and events. Well, I was just going to mention that um, at a recent visit with some folks from the military base, you know, I'm the military folks deal with so much pain uh, when they come back from all of the injuries. Uh, and so do you have uh, resources for veterans or it's all, you know, it's all good. It's all going to work for them as well, but specific for veterans? That's definitely an area that we have to continue to develop. And, uh, you know, a year into existence, I think we're discovering some of the other areas, again, back to demographics, that we still need to reach out and accommodate. All right. Well, the funders out there, then, you know, for veterans, there we go. Global, Global Pain, Pain Association, Association right. needs the money. We say it in unison. Globalpain.org. <laughs> Susan Blackwood, thank you for coming in. Sonia Shelton, thank you for telling your story. For Carol Zerniel, I'm Ron Aaron. We will talk with you again very soon on Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.